welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bass. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Uh, I'm very excited for our, our guest. We're going to have a good time. The country is falling apart. <laughs> sure. Um, I'm not doing that great. I'm kind of like walking around in the constant uh, state of anger. Mm. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get through it. Yeah. I, I am as well, as you know, as I've said on the show, uh, doctor's orders, I've been avoiding yeah. Facebook. Uh, so politically, I still have an idea of what's going on, uh, but I have stumbled into something else that makes me angry, which is just what? YouTube film criticism and people commenting about it, because then that will become political as well as everything at this point does. And, and uh, as I was, uh, I was starting to say this uh, off mic, that if I had the time, I would do my own little YouTube show called The Quest for Nuance. And... Now it would it would not be successful, but <laughs> I would still be looking for it and trying to find it where I could. Because what's fun is that uh, you know, like I would be listening to somebody talk about uh, a certain movie, uh, and then they would talk about it politically, and I'd be like, "Okay, I'm with you. I'm with that. Uh, hang on, you went too far." And then I would l- watch a response video that would talk about them going too far. I'm like, okay, yeah, you've got to go up. Now you've gone too far. And just like, it's, it's like, and now you've both wound up, uh, becoming the exact thing that the other person accused you of being, but you don't think you are except now you have, now you are. And it's exhausting. And so David, I'm not furious about politics. I'm furious about other things okay. that are still nonetheless political. Uh, well, it's a very infuriating time. Uh, for all of us, it sounds exactly. like. But we're going to have a great time doing this episode of Battleship Pretension. Maybe. Maybe our guest <laughs> wants to get political, <laughs> right? And you know what? You seem too naturally pleasant at the moment to want to do that. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm waiting in the wings or with oh, yeah, bated right. breath. That's right. Or... about bated breath and, and waiting wings. Okay. Uh, but in but, order to get to our guest, we got to get some stuff out of the way. Well, we have to pay tribute to our... Right generous, glorious sponsors. Uh, we had to bow, bow down exactly. to the sponsors. Exactly. Uh, our sponsors want their people to really love them. <laughs> All right. So this episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $8.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Currently available on Mubi in uh, in celebration of Mel Brooks, I believe, 92nd birthday wow. is his film The Producers, starring Zero Mostel and Gene Wilder. Uh, now, when I saw The Producers, I don't think I was ready for it. I saw it when I was hmm. younger. You know, for people our age, we grew up watching probably Spaceballs first, which is one of his lesser films, and then getting into like Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles, mm. uh, and then there are elements to Dracula Dead and Loving It and Robin Hood Men in Tights that are that are pretty good. Um, and so I was so used to, like, the parodies mm-hmm. that I, I... Someone said, well, you know, the producers are really good. And I thought, oh, I'll watch that. And it's not, it's not a specific parody of anything, but it is so manic and over-the-top in a way that 
I was just not prepared for. Like mm. the film exhausted me when I was younger. Since then, I've gone back and rewatched. I'm like, this thing is so much fun uh, with a young Gene Wilder and an Oscar-nominated performance. Uh, and I just, uh, I really loved it. So, listeners, if you have not seen the producers, check it out. Are you a fan of the producers? Uh, I think I am. Yeah, it's been a long time. But you've given me. We'll get back to the end in a second. You've okay. given me an episode idea. Okay. Which is mm. uh, sort of. Uh, uh, trying to think how to say it pithily, but like n- n- nostalgia classics, like movies that are now seen as classics because a generation that grew up with them loved them, but they're actually yes. not that great. Yes, so there are so many of <laughs> yeah, them. Spaceballs, I think for our generation, Spaceballs, The Goonies are two that are, I don't think they're very good movies. Pretty in Pink. I think, uh, oh, you know, I've never seen Pretty in Pink. But, oh my uh, God, it's, it's the ultimate. Um, yeah. Uh, but then going back, I think there are movies that like, my parents' generation told me we're good that I think I, some people are going to find this blasphemous. I think Caddyshack is stupid with the exception <laughs> of Rodney Dangerfield. I don't like Caddyshack. Sure. I also don't like Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, uh, Had to be there. Yeah. So I think like <laughs> now we are still, you've, you've only mentioned comedies so far, which I find. Oh, interesting. that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This could be a topic. So we yeah. go through different generations. Mm-hmm. Like what movies got elevated because mm-hmm. people grew up with them that are now considered mm-hmm. classics, but maybe should be uh, reevaluated. I see this as an episode series and we bring in guests from different generations. <gasps> mm-hmm. love this. I love this. David, you've hit on something. Mm-hmm, okay. I agree. All thanks to movie. Yeah. Uh, movie rocks. That's a, that's a damn good sponsor. Can I say damn? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's a fucking great, it's a free world. It's a great ass shit sponsor. No, that's not right. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, the producers and 29 other great movies are available on movie right now. And there's a special offer for listeners of battleship pretension. You can try wow. movie free for a month. Just go to movie.com. That's M U B I.com slash battleship redeem now or go to battleshippretension.com and click on the movie ad on the left hand side i might do, do that do it that way yes yeah. do. there you go there you go uh and i want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors they look great and they sound great uh tyler and i use them each and every day of our lives mm-hmm. i always like to say what i've been listening to uh i i I've, we've joked before that too much of my listening is based on which musicians have died recently, sure. but I have been listening to a lot of Pantera, RIP, Vinnie Paul, uh, who passed away about a week ago. Uh, but I guess in more positive news, new Nine Inch Nails, always really? a reason to uh, See, celebrate. For I don't me. keep track of this stuff. Oh, man. Uh, I need to. It's good. Uh, don't worry. It's it's good. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's what I've been listening to. And it all sounded great in my tweakedaudio.com earbuds. Uh, which are available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that wow. low, low price mm-hmm. and no shipping charges. Um, I've been meaning to pick up a new pair myself, actually, except they're sold out of the uh, Bluetooth. I want, I want to get some, some of those oh. air. So we had to email must, Bruce yeah. and say, Bruce, when are those going to be back in stock? I need yeah. to get some. Like, clearly they're quality product. Otherwise yeah. they wouldn't be sold out. Exactly. You know? So uh, they, underest- they underestimated just how great their product is. Yeah, but you can uh, uh, you can find all kinds of stuff. Hopefully, soon you can find some uh, Bluetooth air- earbuds over there. Um, I think earbuds way- might be trademarked. Actually, yeah. <laughs> they might not be called. They might be Bluetooth uh, earbuds. Maybe. By the way, I think uh, we I think we are now answering the question from a, uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, are we shills? Uh, the <laughs> yeah, answer is yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yes, you're physically paying us. Uh, yeah, we are. We are shills. We'll say so, what you want. Uh, yeah, one third off the little price and no shipping charges. So that's that's tweakedaudio.com and the offer code is pretension. 
Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Let's get into it. All right. Shall we? Don't do that. (laughs) This is a production meeting we're having on mic. Okay. Hang on. Uh, Let's, let's... I'll give you another chance. I just want to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just want to say, when I end the tweaked audio.com ad, there's a clear break between the, I'm not the episode starting. So are you when you about? react after the pause, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a burr in my saddle. Okay. All right. Uh, just like the one time you... Uh, uh, what did you do? You like did the ads... Without warning, you just jumped into ads. Oh, yes, that's right. I feel like we're yeah. losing a partnership here. I don't know what's going on. You're, 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 being, you're being all unilateral. Uh, right. I'm, I'm asserting myself and not just doing what you tell me to do. That's not what I want. That's an agreed upon. All right. Um, well, this is fun. I'm glad that we're doing this in front of our guest. Um, speaking of whom, let's bring her uh, back to the podcast. Uh, she was on here last year, less than a year ago, uh, promoting her uh, brilliant film, Never Here. Uh, she also has a documentary called The Longest Game. Um, welcome back to the podcast, Camille Tolman. Thank you. It's great to be here, guys. I'm sorry you had to see that. <laughs> I, I liked it. I liked it very much. And I want to say your sponsors are, are fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. For real. Yeah. We've got some good ones. We're not selling you mattresses. No, no. By the way. Mattresses. But a good mattress. Yeah, exactly. A good mattress goes a long Lisa, way. Whatever Come on. You know, we're uh, not getting any younger. Yeah. Our if backs. there's a podcast do- dedicated to, like, hating us, give us money. Absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll play that up. <laughs> that would actually be very fun. Um, that would be great. Yeah, uh, it, it is kind of funny how there seem to be certain like industries that have latched onto podcasting as a as yeah. advertising and mattresses. There are multiple mattress companies. Really? Yeah. yeah there's Casper. Wow. And you guys should get on Visa, that. I think or L E E S A. Yeah. Maybe there's more, but yeah. it's we're not. Well, no, don't. You don't want their product. Not until they're no? paying us to say you want oh, got their it. product. Okay, got it. Got it. Um, right. Well, I, no one's paying me anything, so so my genuine respect of your sponsors are just you know. Yeah. It's genuine. Yeah. Yeah. And you can get all these deals. You can get a month free yeah. movie and you can get to one third off your earbuds. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. Yeah. So with the mattress thing, do you think that they have figured out that podcast listeners are a little reluctant to get out of bed? Uh, <laughs> they like to just lay around. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that's it. Um, yeah, gone are the days when everyone assumed people were listening to their podcast in the treadmill. <laughs> I remember like the early days of like comedy podcasts that were all jo- sort of jokes about like, oh, on the treadmill, like that's what they're assuming people are doing. No, now it's literally laying still <laughs> as still as possible and listening yeah. to, uh, right. to Mark Maron or what have you. Yeah. Uh, so Camille, how have you been for the past year? God, I've been good. Yeah. Busy, busy. Yeah. A lot of work. Yeah. But it's been great. Good seeing Never Here come out and yeah. having an audience watch it. It's been great. Strangers watching the movie is fantastic. Did, no. you, did you did you like uh, go you know 
opening night and watch people watch the Peep movie through the people uh yeah sure well yeah. opening night i had a lot of friends there oh, okay but um I, I went once where there was nobody i knew in the audience and that was really fun yeah yeah, yeah. and really they didn't nice. know that they were watching the movie with the director and they did not know they were watching the movie with the director they did not know they were being watched but about that's 10 crazy. minutes in you just yeah. couldn't help me like I well, this. hey it's mine it's mine <laughs> um, yeah or you could be I, this is a reference that no one is going to know but hopefully some listeners will know did you ever saw that it's sad that vine of little bow wow like he's he's somewhere in public and there was like a field trip and he's like on Vine, he's like, these kids don't know it's me. And he's like, pretend, like hooding and like oh, pull, no. pulling his hoodie tight. And everyone's like, just, you know, everyone dragged him online videos. It's like, those are middle schoolers. They have no clue who you <laughs> <Yeah>. are. <laughs> um, so at least you didn't do that. You didn't make a Vine. No. no. <laughs> R.I.P. Vine. I didn't. Indeed. Um, uh, is there anything you're working on you can tell us about? Um, a horror film. I think I did that. Yes, you did. I think you I did told you. Go, yeah, yeah, I think I was in the beginning stages of All writing right. it. I can't and wait. now I'm in the final stages of writing nice. it. Really cool. I got a horror film. I got a pilot. Oh yeah. Um, that I'm writing on spec. Okay. My, my friend and I are writing it. Mm-hmm. it takes place on the Canadian American border. Oh wow. Where all the heavy activity yeah. happens. Yeah. <laughs> Except that one. That poor young woman did get locked up for two weeks. Did you hear that? No. There was a 18 or 19 year old young woman who was visiting from France in Nova Scotia and went for a jog and accidentally entered the U.S. and was held for two weeks because she didn't have a passport or anything on her. She didn't, that she didn't know she could. That is very interesting. Yeah. Did that happen in the last two weeks? Uh, it, uh, the story came out recently. I'm not sure exactly when oh, it happened. Very interesting. recently. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the pilot's actually about factions. You have like the French Canadian cop yeah. and you have a documentary filmmaker who's fresh off of her version of like the jinx and, uh-huh. a, and the Homeland Security on the American side and like this crime that happens in this small town and kind of how these, all these people work together. It's kind of in the vein of Top of the Lake or Killing okay. or one of those. Yeah. Okay. It's like Touch of Evil, but on the other side. It's very much on the other side, <laughs> <Yeah>. yes. That <laughs> okay. Canadian-American border. Um, and it, but it, I, I take it it's not a comedy. This isn't like a comedy. Not movie. a comedy. Okay. I, I haven't actually attempted the comedy genre yet. Uh-huh. I, I try to put a little comedy in all my films, uh-huh. although it's often lost on the audience. <laughs> well, I mean... Uh, the documentary made me yeah. chuckle. Oh, the, yeah, the, the documentary game is, is really of, funny. Yeah, um, totally. Uh, yeah, we, we, let's talk about... Uh, well, yeah. Tell the listener what The Longest Game oh, is. Oh, right. So The Longest Game follows a group of adorable, charming, and wise octogenarians mm-hmm. who play paddle tennis every day at 1 p.m. in the charming village of Dorset, Vermont. And it also takes on themes of change, how change is the ultimate redemptive and unifying human force. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, can people see it? uh... Um, It it premiered on on PBS in the Northeast uh, a couple weeks ago. Actually, Mm -hmm. I guess, yeah, two, three weeks ago. Um, And it's still on, you can get it on the PBS app. And then it's going to be, have its VOD release in September. Oh, fantastic. Okay. So it's on iTunes, all that, all of the major platforms. Um, that's great. That's great to know because yeah, I watched the movie uh, a couple nights ago, uh, and I, I adored it. Uh, and it, yeah, it's full of comedy. Yeah, it is. It actually is full of comedy. uh, Yeah. 
even and I not think just when because he, like the, these the, these these guys mostly guys but guys and and gals these these older they're, they're very funny and charming they are but also like the narration is there's, yes. a, there's a certain sort of tongue in cheek yes totally uh, oh, totally uh, thank you for appreciating that David because I, actually I say I don't put a lot of comedy in my films but in in a way I view life mm. as one big comedy uh-huh. and so the from a genre perspective it's not comedy I since right. I see so much humor and everything there's yeah. always like a fine line of humor running through everything that I do but yeah I don't always know if anybody gets my jokes yeah but you've got to, like, not to turn this into a pra- praise thing but you've like no don't turn it into a praise thing yeah. I'm gonna get up I'm and sure leave I'm out of here but it's not just that you're filming funny stuff it's also that you sort of know like when to cut the one of the biggest one of the biggest laughs for me in the longest game is there's they're getting ready to play and there's one guy tying his shoes who's I guess hard of hearing and the guy next to him just like shouts at him yeah. I saw your daughter in church yes. Sunday yes. and then there's like a hard <laughs> cut yes. and I thought that made me laugh very hard yes yes is, you know and it is uh, my one of my big takeaways from the film is that you know these these guys I mean they they the, the age range is, you know, 70s to 80s and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but they continue to play this game, and they do talk about how uh, continuing to get exercise and having this thing to look forward to can yeah. kind of keep you young. Yeah. And it definitely seems to have had an impact on their general mood. Uh, probably the fact that they're all friends and that their friends are still in their lives and that sort of thing. But, you know, I've, I've known a fair number of uh, elderly people, grandparents and that sort of thing, and they, they weren't as uh, mm-hmm. upbeat and, as, vibrant, uh, yeah. as, and vibrant as these guys are. Like, yeah. uh, one thing, uh, not to get overly uh, political, but it, it made me laugh, where a guy <laughs> just... <laughs> Because he's an older gentleman, the way he says it just made me laugh. Where he goes, "I'm a lapsed Republican, yes, yes. lapsed with a capital L." Yes. Yeah. And then he goes, and then he says something. He goes into detail, and it fascinates me. Where he's like, he goes, "You know, Nixon kind of intrigued right. me, and I kind of liked Ford." But then after that, I was like, "So like Nixon and Ford, they didn't." They didn't like sour you on Republicans. You still <laughs> right. kind of were okay with them, uh, and then you trailed off. Was was Reagan that bad? Like was, but Ford was he's just a, a likable guy. Maybe he's one of those uh, Frank Zappa Republicans who hated how uh, religious the mm-hmm. GOP became. Sure. Mm-hmm. Totally. Or and maybe Mondale just got him going. <laughs> but remember Reagan at the time, and because rem- we were, you know, all. Two, three. <laughs> I remember at the time yeah, in the Reagan era. His administration. So. Um, yeah, I guess I was too. But I, yeah. Uh, when, when, when did he become president? 1980? Yeah. Okay, I was zero when, when, okay, when uh, the President Reagan became president. Um, but at the time, he was considered very conservative. Yeah, and 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 it's interesting, his, uh, his whole spiel was like it's morning in America. Like his his whole thing was... Hey, things are things have been pretty rough the last uh, mm-hmm. couple decades, and uh, let's all be upbeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seemed to really, whereas you know, Carter's like, uh, let's talk about the malaise that's happening, and I think people right. weren't really uh, mm-hmm. up for that. But yeah, uh, but uh, I think there was a certain pragmatism to. Not, I mean, obviously Reagan had huge blind spots and, and made a lot of mistakes, as all presidents do, but. I think he and especially George H.W. Bush, I think, had a certain pragmatism to the way that they governed that, mm-hmm. yes, they were right. They were definitely right leaning. But compared to certain yes, things exactly. Now, yeah. uh, 
they might be seen as, as sellouts. And I know Nixon probably would be as well. A sellout? Yeah, or rhinos, oh. uh, R-I-N-O, Republicans mm. in name only, mm. is, is a thing that I've heard. Oh, interesting, yeah. because actually they were quite moderate, basically? Uh, compared to now, yes. Yeah, oh, um, okay, interesting. So it's, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to go down that path, but it was just really okay, interesting. Pol- it is, it is interesting political. because, like, uh, I remember during the Obamacare when Obamacare was new and being debated, there were a lot of people bringing up that Richard Nixon's view of healthcare was like to the left of Obamacare. Yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly. Would be seen now. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Get it, get it done, but yeah, yeah it's, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really, it's, it's interesting to, to look at, to look at both parties. I mean, mm-hmm. certainly I don't think you would have a, a guy who is in a, who says, uses the word socialist to describe himself. I'll be a democratic socialist. I don't think he would have done particularly well, 20 years ago either Mm -hmm. Um, I think just like the parties are pushing themselves not towards the middle but more and more towards the edges and uh, maybe that's in in many ways that's maybe that's good because now you can definitely tell the difference between them but uh, uh, maybe not great anyway that's not good it's not great for my mood Um, it's not yeah yeah. (laughs) let's go back to I'm sorry because I want to movies yes um, I, uh, I've, I've opened up about my, you know, my, my, my biggest fears in the world, you know, wasps, alligators, but also like going out of touch mm. is like a seriously like deep mm. existential fear for me and something mm. I spend a lot of time thinking about. Mm. How so? Um, that I just, um, like I think there's things, Tyler's what, less than a year older than me, Yeah. Uh, right? Yeah, less than a year older. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll mention a popular like a musician or, or a rapper or something and he'll, he'll have never heard of it and like and he's the, content I see. with that and, the, and right. culturally irrelevant and, is, is what you mean by going out of touch uh, yeah yeah that's a, that's a big part of it but also <coughs> excuse me yeah yeah that's that's the main part of it is culturally irrelevant but also uh, you know I I used to work in a nursing home for uh, a, a year or two that mm. um, had like an Alzheimer's wing mm. uh, and so the idea of Alzheimer's is very mm. very scary to me mm. um but my mom, who was uh, a nurse um, and spent a huge part of her career working with the elderly, uh, her advice, her based on what she saw, her advice was always to just stay interested. Mm-hmm. Like you, you'll be young longer mm-hmm. if you stay interested. Also, you totally. know, go for walks and shit. But totally. Um, totally. Uh, and, and so. Um, this and I think I've always because I'm a movie guy and I'm a music guy or whatever I've always kind of interpreted that as stay interested in culture mm. or whatever these guys uh, and gals in the longest game um, it seems more about being interested in each other mm-hmm. which is something that I think I maybe as a natural loner had never really thought about before mm. but it really gave me uh, a cause to to consider other ways of of staying interested in, in mm-hmm. and how just having a closeness to to other people mm-hmm. could could keep you younger yeah there, there are statistics that that back that up that um, community activities in in one's 80s Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't have them, you know, I can't quote you the numbers, but the more active you are in a, in a community as you get older, um, the more, the longer you live, the happier you are when you're aged and also the healthier. That's, that's mm-hmm. statistically proven. And to, Physically to tie things together, mm-hmm. one of the, 
one of the most fun things to watch is Mel Brooks and Carl, Carl Reiner, who are they're both now in their nineties. Yeah, totally, They've been friends for like it's fifty amazing. years. They're amazing, and you see them together, and they just both seem to like de-age. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to say, probably eighty years because they just become ten mm-hmm. year olds, mm-hmm. and it's and it's tremendous fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this week's uh, movie journal, I talked about the film Tag. Uh, which is not a good movie, but it's based on a true story of these of these gr- this group of guys who have been playing the same game of tag for decades. Wow! And kind of use it as an excuse to keep in each other's lives. And while the movie Tag is uh, very bad, and I hate it, <laughs> that's like my first thought was like, why isn't this a documentary? It'd be a much better, interesting, yeah. documentary, uh, much more interesting documentary. Yeah. And then I and saw the, your wow, film. And I was like, well, that's amazing. Kind of that. Yeah, so totally. I thought that was uh, that was particularly totally. interesting. Wow. How did you? Uh, there, there's some. There, there's a, a brief explanation uh, early on in the film of like how you happened upon yes. uh, this story, but. Yes. Uh, but can you go into more detail about it yes. for the listeners? Uh, my mother and stepfather um, live in Dorset, Vermont, part-time for half the year. And so I was up visiting them, and my mom was like, oh, let's go play paddle tennis. And I have no idea what paddle tennis was. I was like, all right. It happened to be, I don't know, 1 p.m. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, getting pretty late in the day for the old getting, folks. Getting pretty late in the days for the old folks. And um, so we went, and we went into the paddle hut, and, and for those of you who don't know, listeners, paddle tennis is a very um, a little known sport. It's a cross between squash, ping pong, and tennis, mm-hmm. and it's played outdoors in the winter on a platform. It sounds weird, but it is an awesome, awesome sport. Um, but uh, so my mom and I went to go play paddle tennis, and the, the the men were there. They call themselves the super seniors, and um, they charmed us. Like I was actually had tears. Um, streaming down my face because I was laughing so hard within like five minutes and I was so charmed my mother was so charmed we were just like oh my goodness and then um, after our game we left and my mom said you should make a movie about those those men <laughs> and I thought yeah great I'll go I'll spend a weekend in Dorset I'll make a three minute film I came back to Los Angeles I told my my friend and producer Elizabeth Ng Wong hey I'm gonna go spend a weekend in Dorset and film these old guys and she said great I'll produce and then two years later, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we were still filming and Elizabeth had become a character in the story yeah. and, uh, you know, it, it became um, something altogether different. That's something that always fascinates me, uh, espe- especially and maybe specifically um, with documentaries. Uh, some of my least favorite documentaries are ones where clearly somebody either had a story that they wanted to tell or a, or a, a point they wanted to get across. And as they're going along, you can see that, mm. like, oh, you should follow that. Oh, you're not going to because you have a thing that wanted Forcing to. Forcing the movie into the shape they wanted it to. And it's, and, it, and it's a bummer because, like, oh, you are missing out on something here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, whereas you... You definitely seem to go with kind of a general idea of, like, I would just want to explore these men. But as, as you said... Um, the direction started going, you know, Wonky. sort of away. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it just, it delved more into their lives and explored themes that you certainly wouldn't have expected. Like, at mm-hmm. what point did you find your, did you find that, for lack of a better term, narrative start to develop? Actually, very early. Okay. You could arguably say I did just that. 
okay. <laughs> what you okay. hated. <laughs> because within like, I mean, so initially I thought, okay, we're going to make a five minute movie about these cute guys who play paddle tennis. And um, within the first like two days of filming, I was like, oh my God, we're not making a film about paddle tennis at all. Right. We're making a film about life. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and what was really interesting um, when we were making it, which then kind of is in the film, as you guys know, was that I fe- I was pulled. Like I really felt like the film was talking to me. Mm-hmm. Like you you ha- you ha- had to film this, and I had to film this, and I didn't understand why. Mm-hmm. Um, before I met Hal Debona, all the guys were assembled in the mm-hmm. paddle tent because initially they were like, "Why? Who are these people? Why do they want to film our game? Uh-huh. These weirdos from Los Angeles." Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine. They were yeah. like, "Okay." Um, but they were all assembled in the paddle hut kind of deciding if they were going to even let us film their one o'clock game and I was like somebody's missing I just had this real sense like god there's somebody not here who's going to be incredibly important to our movie and I just like could just feel it and then in walked Hal DeBona and I was like oh it's him. Yeah. Yeah. This is the movie right here. Yeah. And, you know, and I don't know why, but this guy is, and I, and I, you know, followed him and then I found out, oh, he got, he's got this treasure trove of home movies that he's been yeah. narrating for 30 years. And yeah. it just, it, I, I was very aware the whole time of the film telling me yeah. what it wanted me to do. Which is yeah. the opposite. I think I don't think that's that's at all the thing that uh, that bothers me. I think like yeah. that's, there's an organic quality to it, you know. And it's mm. like I remember. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. This is it's it for people. Not that I not that I'm a, a writer or a creative uh, mm. type uh, in that regard, but uh, I have done uh, script consulting uh, mm. recently and something that I've been talking with writers about is the idea that if you really tune into your characters, they kind of tell you what Mm -hmm. they're going to say and what they're going to do. And it might actually fly in the face of what you expected them to do and Mm -hmm. wanted them to do. But if you are willing to go along, your film is going to, or your script is going to be so much more effective. And Mm -hmm. in this case, you know, you went to make a three minute short about this, Mm -hmm. this paddle tennis thing. And within, and almost immediately, once you started talking to these guys, like you, you had an option of saying, "Nope, three minutes." It's got to be paddle, paddle tennis, tennis. One sports, week. sports movie, yeah. sports movie. I got to, yeah, I got to write my uh, my horror movie, hmm. you know. Uh, but instead, you recognized what was actually there, and yeah. so I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's that's what I would prefer most documentaries to be. I recognize mm. that not all of them are going to be structured like this, mm. but. Those are the ones I find myself most uh, enamored with. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. What? You <laughs> <laughs> look um, like I interrupted you. No, because so. I was trying. I was uh, hoping you were going to talk longer because I was trying to remember the name of uh, a movie that this reminded me of. Okay. Now I uh, I can't find it. Oh well. Well. Salesman. Um, no. Following okay. Sean. No. no. Oh well. Bowling for Columbine. Uh, <laughs> I would. I'd love to know. I'd love to know what movie that's reminded you of. Uh, all right. Well, uh, let's come back to it. Okay. Please do. I'll say one more thing on that topic. Um, my mother, who was invested in this film, mm-hmm. you know, being made a certain way because she was the one who gave me the idea. Right. She said to me at some point when we were filming, like, 
you know, Camille, it doesn't sound like you're making a sports movie. Like this is supposed to be a sports movie. You got to make a sports movie. And I'm, and I open my, my mouth to say like, God, Jesus, mom, you don't know anything. And this, the voice of the film was like, listen to her, listen to her. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, okay. And that's when I got the idea to put the, in, the, um, interviews on the court right yeah (laughs) in the living room on the court yeah because there is well obviously the film is about these these people and they are invested in each other they are all still doing this thing i Mm -hmm. like totally they would still think that you know to go back to the terrible film tag but the good story tag yeah uh Mm. this thing is an excuse to hang out and and stay in each other's lives but it is still there. It is still a, an integral it's a structure. Part of, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that's another instance of, like yeah. you said, li- listen to yeah. the film. Yeah. It is telling you like, well, don't go too far in this direction. It did like, this did kick off with a certain mm. point of interest and it will still remain mm. interesting. Mm. Yeah. Because it's still interesting to the subject. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to gush too much. I like this kind of film, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's fun to me, even, even when it's a little bit, uh, a little bit, Maudlin that like when people express themselves, uh, you know, like I wish that I had realized mm. what I had when mm. I had it, and, mm. but still, but not go too far. And, and he still mm. said, that. I still enjoyed the stuff that I had. Mm. I just didn't realize at the time yeah. how vital this would be for me. Yeah, and that's something that I have I've always uh, tried to to live by, almost never succeeding, mm. but uh, you know. It's still it's still something that I strive for. Um, okay, so uh, the, the, I thought of the movie. I'll get okay. to it, mm. uh, or I, I, mm. I looked it up. Mm. Um, but the reason I thought of this other movie is because mm. there's a there's a part in the longest game where one of the um, one of the men says so I can't remember the exact uh, mm. uh, not line because you didn't write it or whatever um, <laughs> uh, something about like by the you know by the time you have everything figured out it's over mm-hmm. so, something along those mm-hmm. lines and um it, it reminded me of how i think in a lot of ways when we treat the elderly we either don't listen to them mm-hmm. or we treat them as quote-unquote wise in a kind of patronizing surely and i think i like that this movie is something that you can you can you literally like you yeah. said it's about life you can yeah. learn about life yeah. from these people but Definitely. it's not like oh you know teach us or whatever it's yeah. it's just observing so it reminded me of a Hungarian movie from 2013 mm. another documentary called Stream of Love mm. which is also wow. about a small town that is uh, mostly people who are octogenarians Stream of Love is more specifically about something that's touched on in the longest game but it's specifically about love and sex mm. um, wow I want to see that it's so good oh yeah. my god um, I want to see it uh, and uh, surprisingly uh, graphic in the, the things <laughs> mm, they say. Great, um, dying to know what uh, they say. Uh, yeah, to the camera and always to, a question and, I have. I, could, I couldn't ask my subjects that. That, that was an area oh, I did really? not want to go. I could see that. Like, hey, so you guys still have sex? Like, no, I, that's not <laughs> not something I wanted to ask. Um, yeah, but you did. There is a great conversation. The one um, the one uh, woman has about like. Uh, she's talking about the idea that some relationships like yeah. are on and yes, off yeah. and she's basically yeah. saying like no oh, once, yeah. Yeah, once it's gone yeah. it's gone why hang around yeah. or yeah, whatever totally. uh, and uh, I 
uh, well, it made me feel very happy, but also nervous, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I'm, I'm only 35. If my wife falls out of love with me, uh, <laughs> I'm fucked. Um, no, not at all. You still have time. No, but no. I'm not going to fall. I mean, you'll be a broken, you'll be a broken shell. Yes, but like, that's what I'm, that's the, that's <laughs> the point. An empty shell, pardon. Um, I could be both and broken. Not, yeah. not broken, not broken, you. just empty. Um, <laughs> but I guess okay to get because uh, I do feel weirdly uncomfortable gushing about the movie. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure no, you're, I you're love it. it. Yes. <laughs> Gush away. Uh, but you know thinking of stream of love what as what would you say uh this is a corny interviewer question but mm. a, a, from a documentary point of view what are your influences what what documentaries um, do you like did you have anything in oh mind you know right yes now? you know my primary influence was um one of my favorite films of all time grizzly man hmm. oh yeah yeah because before i saw grizzly man i i was uh relatively uneducated about documentary really and i was like oh my god you can make a film that's about a lot of you can make a documentary that's about a lot of different stuff yeah it's not just talking heads and you know topical information um yeah and I mean I thought I thought that was one of the most brilliant films I've ever seen and I couldn't speak after I couldn't speak for hours after I saw that film yeah and yeah and I that's a I haven't seen that movie in a while do I own it I think I do but, so uh, good. But it's, it's not a film that I've returned to, even though it's so dynamic and it's so good. It, visually, it is funny too, at times, very funny, yeah, uh, and yet so heartbreaking at the same and, time. And, the and is visually, no. I do not. Okay, it, it would be between the Great Santini and Gun Crazy, and it's not there. Okay, oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you for showing what Alpha, you taste. Alpha, alphabetized. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Great Santini is not that great. Also, <laughs> uh, Herzog did um, something I, I'd never seen before, which is he curated. You know, he art decorated the documentary and he uh-huh. in like his he, he didn't just point the camera at life he he d- created created uh, a frame yeah and yeah. um and definitely commented on his subjects with his yeah. frame and there was a lot of humor in which he would frame people up yeah, yeah. especially for something as heavy as grizzly man yeah or what was the one he made uh, more recently about the internet uh, uh, lo and behold Lo and behold, yeah. there's a part, in. he's interviewing a family that had something, I don't even want to go in, it has something awful happen to them. It's rough stuff. But he frames the show, like clearly they bought or made like a plate of croissants right. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he frames it so that the croissants are almost bigger <laughs> yes. than the family. Like, yeah. they're, like so it's, it's funny, but then also what they're saying is right. so yeah. heavy. You kind of want to yeah. be like, uh, hey, asshole, <laughs> are you listening to me? Yeah. Or are you just hungry? <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so uh, I w- so I was going to ask... Um, you know, you're you're not necessarily uh, an objective party in the film. Like you do play a role, not as much yeah. as your producer, I would yeah. say. But you know, that's that is always a, a fairly bold choice and one that some mm-hmm. people might criticize. Mm-hmm. Like, and they and have and they have. Okay, mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have they said? If you don't mind asking, I've heard things like, "Why are you guys in the movie?" Mm-hmm. Why, why wouldn't you just let these great old men, you know, the old men are the interesting part. You guys aren't that interesting, which is, makes sense. Mm-hmm. But for me, I didn't want to make a film about the old men. I wanted sure. to make a film about life and change. Right. And so I wanted Elizabeth there kind of to give context and to look at connection over g- gender, race, and 
age lines mm-hmm. because this these extraordinary relationships started to I watched well developed between me and her and the old men but I couldn't film myself I didn't I wasn't interested in filming myself and right. the cast but I Elizabeth was right there and those exchanges were so beautiful I wasn't gonna yeah. not film them I think the the difference uh, when uh, when a director puts him or herself in a documentary. I think the idea is that they're an audience surrogate. I think that's yes. kind of what happens here. Sure. Yeah. I think where it ropes people the wrong way is when you've got someone like, say, Morgan Spurlock, who's being very prescriptive. He's mm-hmm. in the, he's he's directing not only directing the movie, he's mm-hmm. directing the viewer within each shot. Here's what we're paying attention to. Here's what to think about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, your producer's name is Elizabeth. Elizabeth is very reactionary. Yes. She's just there as a, yeah. as a sounding a board. Foil. To, yeah. 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 Um, and I think that's why it works uh, in this case. Yeah. Going back to Grizzly Man, it's so terrifying to think that Vern Herzog is my surrogate in, in that <laughs> film. Just <laughs> he's just such an odd guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and the, and and I do think it, not to necessarily like I don't want to not that it's a spoily type, mm-hmm. spoilery type of movie, mm-hmm. but I don't want to like uh, give mm-hmm. away too much of the mm-hmm. of the, the, the evolution. Of it, but oh. um, but the way that you use narration. And in cor- and that mm. is uh, unlike Elizabeth, who is on screen. Like yes. you incorporate yourself through yes narration yeah. uh, in the third person. Yes. Um, what? <laughs> what? No, I liked that. Yeah, but like what? It's again like that's a very yeah. specific yes. choice. Like what made you say Camille instead of yes? Mike? Well, I was looking at the dialectic between the game of life that we all play Mm -hmm. and the artifice of life and um, the artifice of the roles we play and the structures that we live in, you know, in this like our our quote unquote personalities, our, our houses, our professions and like all these little, these little, we're playing this game of life and there's a lot of um, artifice in it. Mm -hmm. And then there is this, also running parallel to the game of life as I saw it there is this other truth which is that we're all connected and there's this massive flow of energy of life death love change that kind of runs concurrent to all the all that structure Mm -hmm. and um, so that it was really about looking at those two truths Mm -hmm. as as one and there's, you know, there's always going to be an observational element to walking around and just living life is that you're there, but you're also standing outside looking at you, uh, not just you, I mean, people yeah. in general. And something that I notice is that one of the first things that we hear and then see are two of the guys commenting on somebody else's game. Yes, it was actually mine. Oh, was your no. Camille is doing this. Yeah, totally. They're they're exactly. Yeah. And so along those lines, exactly. Like, I, I definitely drew a, a parallel between what yes. you're choosing to do and introducing yes. the film yes. that way. Yeah, it's a film that knows it's a film, like yeah. Never Here. Actually, mm-hmm. they both. There's. I was never interested in pretending that we weren't filming them. That just seemed yeah. absurd to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Just act like several people just, and the camera are yeah. here right in your yeah. face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which it is, you know. It's uh, it's been. It, I guess last week uh, I think I brought up Survivor, so that's long enough uh, for me to have not talk about <laughs> it. But um, but yeah, that's that's one of the things that that fascinates me about documentaries or like reality mm. shows mm. is that people actually can 
it is possible to forget that the camera's there. It is possible. It, it has to do with the way you film. I, it's, it's, it's complicated, mm. but so, sometimes, like, I don't know if you noticed, but the stuff, the footage that I filmed was actually pretty bad, because uh, sometimes we had a DP filming, sometimes I filmed myself. And the reason it was so bad is because... Um, I, I was engaging with the people who were speaking. Right. So I, rather than just become this uh, force that was behind the camera framing something up where the Heisenberg uncertainty principle yeah. is in action and you yeah. can just feel like there's this observational force sucking your energy, I wanted them to feel like they were engaging with me. Right. And then the camera was like this little dark box that nobody really noticed. Yeah. So it is. It really is possible to forget the cameras there. Yeah, there's an. There, when, and you know what? I don't think I because I I tend not to think in those terms unless the unless like the cinematography is particularly bad or something like mm-hmm. that. But yes, now that you mention it, like there are not so much styles, but there's like, different vibes to the to the camera work. Yeah, one it's is, a braid. Absolutely. Yeah, like one is much more enga- Homegrown. engaged, and yeah. the other is. I guess it it speaks to what we were talking about before, which is one is engaged and the other is observing. Yes. You do kind of need both yeah. for something like this, especially with the goals that you have yeah. with this specific film. Yeah. Um, sorry. No. Uh, yeah, I feel uh, like we should um, uh, talk about other stuff, too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Move on. Yeah. So but I do. Really, so like what? Tag. No, but oh, it's yeah. just not very good. <laughs> I do want to say about the longest game that uh, it not only in the idea of staying interested, but it just gave me something to look forward to in terms of I'm going to be old someday. I hope. Yeah. Um, probably not, given uh, the way my dad and grandfather and great grandfather all didn't see the age of sixty. But we'll see if I get up there. Um, I want to be an old dude. Uh, Grilling and yeah. uh, and drinking scotch and uh, and, and making still jokes, life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. You and me, we're just going to be podcasting yeah. while we grill <laughs> yeah, exactly. on treadmills, yeah. exactly. <laughs> One step at a time, I guess. Literally, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, seen any other good right. movies? <laughs> God, what have I seen that's really good? I saw Colette at Sundance. I thought that was really good. Which Hasn't come that? out yet. I'm sorry? Hasn't come out yet. Okay. I was there. I didn't see that one. Um, it's very good. It's Kira Knightley, and, um, okay. who plays Colette, uh, the author. And um, what's oh, his face? Yes. Okay. You know, from um, The Affair. Uh, Dominic West. Yeah, Dominic West. Is that right? It's, yes, yes, yes okay. it is. Um, that was great. I saw American Honey the other day. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my it's God. so good. It's still I haven't seen it's it. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, there was a uh, in in March. Everyone That's does brackets for you know, like it's March Madness. Everyone does like their fun brackets, and someone did one for uh, movies released by A twenty four. And uh, oh. American Honey was my uh, was my winner. It's so good. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah, beautiful movie. That's a hard bracket. Like A twenty four. I mean, obviously, not man. everything they do is is oh, amazing. Yeah. I but mean, but a lot. Some, yeah, yeah. They're they put out some good stuff. They're they're where I'm headed. A twenty four. You hear that? That's what, that's what I want. Absolutely. Well, uh, well, it sounds like you're warning them now. Are you going to hostily <laughs> take over? This no, nothing uh, hostile. They no. put out a number of horror movies, so it sounds exactly. like that's true. You got exactly. a, home, a home there. Yeah. Uh, what else did you see at Sundance? I know it's literally half a year what ago. I see. I saw. Um, 
I was only there a couple of days. I saw, and I was very interested in the VR section. Okay. Um, but from the movies, I also saw State of what the heck was it called? I don't know. It doesn't sound like you saw uh, this. It was good. Um, the one about the girls who who. Um, the town <laughs> it was really good um, they go crazy and they sh- and they shoot everybody and then they think that they shot the <laughs> oh I don't remember this one okay so I'm I'm looking I just typed in state of so there was a state in it okay you, rules are you rules? thinking of are you thinking of triple X state of the union no ice cube no okay. no but it hasn't come out yet because it was at Sundance okay it's not Wait, s- oh, Assassination Nation? Yes. Yes, okay. Mm. I did Assassination not, I did not Nation. Did not that, Thank you. Yes. You know, stayed up yeah, state with the town nation. and the girls. Yeah, a nation, nation state. <laughs> Assassination Nation. Yeah. How, did you, how did you figure that out? Uh, because I finally put together Girls the Town. Yeah. And the, but I, I did a, ter- a terrible, and I, I repeat, really terrible job <laughs> with the plot. <laughs> uh, it was enough. It got me there. <laughs> wow. All right. Cool. Um, did you happen to see Madeline's Madeline at Sundance? You know, I have a um, deep respect, and okay, I'll, I'll just say it, jealousy <laughs> for <laughs> Josephine Decker. Yeah. She's, I, know, I know her personally a little bit. She's a, like a great person, and I loved her first two movies, and I suspect Madeline's Madeline is fucking brilliant. It is currently my favorite film of 2018. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. What, better than the longest game. Uh, well, I mean, the longest game is a 2014 <laughs> film because that's when it first played festival. That's my. That very, I'm very, is very true. Very specific very true. Uh, rules very that tend to drive people true. crazy. That's how David is. Yeah. Wow. Madeline's because I have to have very specific rules. To not go crazy. My, my rules drive other sure. people crazy, but if I don't live by a very strict code, I will go crazy. You guys so. should get her on the podcast. Uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> Give me your email. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not that tough. I mean, I'm, yeah. you know. Why not? You guys are good. You guys are good. All right. Yeah. Just get I'll Josephine here. I'll, I'll lead with that. I'll be like, <laughs> excuse me. I don't know if you know or not, but we we're, do a podcast and, it's and we're really good. good and we're good. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of tweaked audio, but they sponsor us and you know, I see that you're using their product. Uh-huh. Uh, so, um, a lot of filmmakers are going to want to come on this podcast. You guys, yeah. for real, we should probably do a better job of, Seeking them out at all? Yeah. yeah. Having any relationships with agents and managers and publicists? <laughs> uh, yeah, we've never really. I'm gonna we, when we when, the, when the when the when the cameras when the cameras are off and no, when the mics are off, I'm gonna have a talk with you guys about that. Hey, all you right. You guys yeah. can get yeah. If you guys can get. It's all happening. People like yeah. me. Well, the only reason because you emailed me, uh, <laughs> exactly. not, not to say can I be in your podcast. <laughs> you emailed me to say thank you for uh, the review, which was yeah. nice of you. And so yeah, so if, if Josephine Decker emails me about my Madeline, you'll <laughs> say hey, <laughs> listen, there might be a spot for you, Josephine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure I'll, it's I'll brilliant. I, I can't wait to see it actually. Yeah cut to like a few weeks ago and the director of tag is on the show to like, to like why did you hate my movie so much i put so much of myself into it yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah well yeah that's a good thing to talk about actually favorite movies because we're at the halfway point of the year we are yes wow. i don't know if you're how uh, did that happen yeah um, word 
do you have a like a favorite movie of the year so far? Well, I live under a rock because I'm yeah. writing. Sure. Yeah. So I try not to see too much, actually, especially genre movies because I'm writing one. So oh, I right. don't want to like like I haven't seen Hereditary because I or A Quiet Place because um, right. I'm writing a horror film, so I just didn't yeah. want to go there. Um, Wait, what else? What else? What's come out this year? Um, well, my favorite movie of the year that's been released mm. is Annihilation. The uh, it's pretty great. That is very interesting. I have heard so many. I'm dying. I'm dying to see Annihilation. Yeah. I mean, I loved Ex Machina, uh-huh. and I've heard so many varied things about Annihilation to the from people who I wouldn't think would be so drastically diffuse in yeah. their mm-hmm. praise or lamentation that I, I uh, yeah. really piqued my interest. And it, yeah, it definitely inspires different reactions because even my wife and I, who both loved it, mm. saw it very, very differently. Wow. So I, like, I had gone to a press screening and then she, my wife has Mondays off because she works four 10-hour days, so every Monday she goes to the movies, mm. uh, which is, I'm so jealous that mm. <laughs> she has a, a day. But So she went and saw Annihilation and she, and beforehand she would, she was te- she texted me because she's like kind of screaming about horror movies and I was like, and she was like, is it scary? And I was like, Existentially, but it's not really scary. Mm. Scary. There and are then, moments that are. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Because different p- things scare different people. She got out of the movie and texted me. And was like, "That was so fucking scary. Why didn't wow. you tell me?" So you mean to say yeah. a giant bear monster? That's the scary. Don't don't on. give anything away. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It was a giant monster, <laughs> and, and it's a little and bearish. Movie For real? Yes. <laughs> never. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty right. awesome. I can't it's, wait. Yeah, that is my second favorite movie of of twenty eight. What's, oh, what's, what's the first? first? Heck. Uh, yeah, I've only seen two films. The quest, the quest for nuance. Um, that will be a web series hosted and eventually abandoned by me. I like um, it. It's, it's my memoir title. Uh, First Reformed is my favorite at the moment. And oh, I hear it's brilliant. It is. See, now we're getting into my stupid rules again. I assumed that was coming, yes. What was that? Because First Reformed is because I go by not U.S. release. It's, it's I go 17. With, like, yeah, yeah like it's 17. Festival premiere or whatever. Yeah. It's a 2017 movie. See, going yeah. by U.S. release is my way of making America great again. <laughs> great. I focus on oh. the here and now, David. And mm. here and now, yeah. I'm a fucking American. You're a nationalist is what you, you are. are. That's exactly it. You are. <laughs> and like every nationalist, I love First Reform. <laughs> no nuance uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, wow. it's... I, I've been wow. a Paul Schrader fan for a long time. Mm. And... Um, and I actually, as a function of my other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which is uh, Christian in nature, but talking about films, uh, I got oh, an email from Schrader's publicist saying, like, hey, you should watch uh, this movie and talk about it on your film. Uh, you should have show. him on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I did put that out there. Great. He said, I'll relay it to him. Uh, <laughs> back on that one. But it's like, so when the publicist, like, finds my small Christian podcast, like, it's like, okay, you've got my attention now. Paul, Paul Schrader always has my attention, but, but I was like, okay. And then I looked, cause I think at the time I hadn't really heard much about the film. Then I looked more into it at the time. I'm, I, I haven't really been a big fan of Ethan Hawke for the most part, mm-hmm. uh, but he's marvelous. Just absolutely I, that's marvelous. what I hear. Yeah. I hear it's just brilliant. My reluctance to say that it's my favorite movie right now is because I don't want to spoil our top 10 of eight of 2018 episode in like eight months <laughs> because <laughs> I do love this movie so much that it'll probably I, stay. I feel like it's going to stay up there. Is yeah. he going to get an Oscar nom? I don't think it's that kind of movie. Unfortunately, 
it I think it depends on like how much the studio wants to get behind it's it. Early, like yeah. actor maybe. Mm, su- yeah. Su- okay. That's what, that's what I meant by he. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and possibly cinematography. Wow. Um, but I don't think director or picture like the, it's the kind of thing that from no. an academy oh, standpoint. Oh no, I didn't I think, think I didn't think so. Yeah, I think they could latch onto individual yeah. things. Yeah, wow. But yeah, oh, I got to okay. see that, huh? Yeah. So I'm looking at the good movies so far in 2018, and I'm finding yet, yet so we talked about Hereditary mm-hmm. and Annihilation. Yet another horror-ish movie, uh, Unsane, the Steven Soderbergh movie. Oh, I still is I pretty still, high on yeah. my list. Wow. Yeah. Wow, uh, interesting. Yeah. Did you, I take it you didn't... No, I, li- I literally have not... Seen any movies? I mean, I can't think of one movie I've seen in the last... Oh, I saw my friend's, my friend's movie, Izzy Gets the Fuck Across Town. Yeah. Which actually, you reviewed and didn't like, and I'm remembering <laughs> I it. He was like, that anything. fucking battleship attention guy. Um, Did he I like it. That? I thought it was great. Yeah, he was like that fucking guy. I didn't really? like my movie. Yeah, I mean he's oh. he's a great friend of mine. He yeah. don't get me wrong. He's the great guy. Two great guys. Okay. <laughs> um, More than anything, I'm just excited that he knows who we are. Yeah. Oh yeah. He read the review. Was like, oh, yeah. Fuck. I yeah. Um, I um yeah. I've encountered that before. I, I I loved it. But anyway, so I saw his movie because he's a good friend of mine. Um, and because I love the movie. Um, I can't think of another movie that I have seen recently because I live under a rock. Yeah. I did have a question. I, think, I feel like I'm a bad critic because I feel so bad that he knows I didn't like his movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I were a better critic, I would territory. have, like, thicker skin and, 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 mm. and be... But, yeah, I feel bad. I do think I there's I a, understand that. Okay, I... There's a mid-ground. I only know, David, what you have said about the film. I don't think I read your review. Were you particularly cruel or dismissive in your I don't review? Know, this is all, uh, a you year ago. Like, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. remember. Like, that is usually been. not you. And based on what I have, uh, based on what you have told me about the film, it's something that you wanted to like. And so, like, I feel like, yeah, I'm not upset when I dislike something. Uh, yeah. Or, or even if if someone. I mean, I'm somebody who, when I talked to Alex Kendrick, the director of Fireproof, I said, I'm a film critic, and I don't always like your movies. Yeah, totally. To which he said, that's all right, neither do I. I was like, all right, points to you. Um, (laughs) And I said, but I do appreciate your sincerity in making them as opposed to other films in the Christian world. Mm. Um, So, like, I feel like you can still be respectful and not like something, and I think you usually are, so I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, I do, but I, I did. I do have an axe to grind as a as an Angelino who takes public transit. Yes, it's a movie that the bus, yeah, that the holds bus. Up That's the, what I remember uh, about about your review. Yeah. I remember reading the review. Thought, yeah, he really didn't like that <laughs> she didn't take the bus. <laughs> I take the bus all the time. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but you know, often a good a mark of a good movie is is people loving it or not loving it you know if, if yeah. it, you, you, usually the best movies weirdly there will be blood mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. likes mm-hmm. and yet it's still excellent I mean that's a weird like yeah. exception to the right. rule but generally <laughs> when everybody likes something it's not really that good uh, I st- except for there will be blood and yeah, yeah I do know that's... I do know some people that uh, have major third act issues with it I love it oh really they, they just they, I've not heard anything bad about it ever there are some critics that I occasionally respect uh who have major issues with Paul Thomas Anderson as a three act. Not Mm. that they say everything needs to be a three act structure, but they say that like the last act, if you're thinking in those terms, Mm. just completely like dissolves, whether Mm. they're talking about the master Mm -hmm. or inherent vice, which is kind of all over the place anyway, or there will be blood. And so they actually do have, have a problem with him usually because they're thinking more, 
more conventionally about yeah, stories. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, not yeah, a, exactly. that's not a failing. That's yeah, that's, that's his a choice. Approach. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Dirty Blood has been my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie for forever. It's pretty darn good. But I'm starting to think that. Phantom Thread. I might like Phantom Thread better. Oh, I have than to see an, another one. I haven't seen. It's I did so finally good. see Three Billboards. Okay. And I really, really liked it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, that makes one of you at this table. Yeah. I, I was shocked. I mean, yeah. I was. I saw it on the pl- and I saw it on the plane. That might be the, the way heart. To, the way to see it. <laughs> I re- I was like, wow, this. What, what for me came through so strongly when I was like, my God, Martin. The, Martin McDonough is a brilliant writer. It was to me the entire film was about the writing. Okay, it was. A I agree. Brilliant, brilliantly written <laughs> film. So he agrees the entire film was about the writing. Yeah, but he doesn't agree about the brilliance. That's right. That's I think the film starts. He starts. He's still, he's still a naturally talented writer. That's the he, thing. Yeah, preacher naturally. Yes. Like he's great with dialogue. He's great with characterizations. And he's, I think he's pretty good with actors too. Like in, he is. I was watching it stru- yeah. closely. He actually, he's pretty good with actors. I was kind of wanting to throw him out for actors, yeah. and I was like, no, no, he's good. Like, as uh, as much as there, like, I don't, I don't like the film that much, but I can't discount it either because there are still moments of power in there. Um, specifically, like almost any scene, I'd say every scene between Francis McDormand and Woody Harrelson is so powerful. He seems to instinctively know how to write those characters in relation to each other. Yeah. And those scenes worked for me pretty much every time. And I, I like a lot about the Sam Rockwell character. I think yeah. there are things around him that I don't yeah. really like. Well, it's not realistic. If, you want, if you want a realistic yeah. movie, don't go mm-hmm. see that movie. There's right, nothing right, right. realistic really about it. His. That's not what he's No, in. no. And it's not about, like, depth in many ways. And yet, it, is, it was for me. I think there's a difference between... I'm okay with things not being realistic, but I feel like there's something maybe disingenuous or dishonest, which is mm. different. Whereas, uh, what's his name? Martin McDonough? Yeah. Mm. His brother, John Michael McDonough? Yes. Although I, I haven't seen his most recent film, War, War on Everyone, which got terrible, terrible reviews. So I, don't, I, I haven't seen that. But he made a movie called uh, Calvary mm-hmm. that is also very heightened oh, yeah, and not realistic, but is so honest and so... Uh, moving and heartbreaking and weirdly mm. weirdly hopeful mm. um, uh, but it's also very very dark I love Calvary and that's Brendan uh, what's his yeah, same Brandon actor Gleason right Brendan Gleeson yeah is I, in it and, yeah, and also um, mm. before that John Michael McDonough made a movie called The Guard also with Brendan Gleeson oh, and Don yeah. Cheadle which is more of a comedy oh, yeah. um, still a dark comedy but uh, Calvary is a, it's a brilliant brilliant thing wow um, wonderful uh, and I hadn't I I I loved Calvary when I saw it, bought it on Blu-ray as soon as I could, and then realized, this movie's so heavy. Like, mm. I'm never going to watch this again. And then just this year, I watched it wow. on St. Patrick's Day. Wow. <laughs> oh, there you go. Wow. Like, that's, uh, that's yeah, i got to do something Irish. Uh, mm. <laughs> I feel bad now, because like you mentioned like one of the movies you've seen. See, I feel worse that we disagree on a movie than... like. Did, like if if a filmmaker found out that I didn't like their movie, <laughs> really? Um, uh, yeah, just because. Uh, okay, with us disagreeing, that's fine. It bothers me. I don't wow. like to disagree with people. Really? Unless I unless apparently they make something I don't like, in which case right. go right ahead. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. There's just uh, maybe it's uh, I I don't like uh, I don't enjoy conflict, but mm. it's more just like mm. I think it's something because as a viewer, mm. something about the film 
like really hit you mm-hmm. and touched you mm-hmm. and impressed always, me and impressed you mm-hmm. and like and there's always whether it be you or like my wife is a big mm-hmm. one like sometimes we'll see the same movie and just mm-hmm. have completely different yeah. interpretation yeah. and she could like really love it and then ask did you like it and I say no and she says why and I was like I don't want to have this discussion I look like your, <laughs> your like of the mm. film. Um, I've already mm. I haven't necessarily alienated friends by mm. doing that but uh, I haven't uh, I haven't uh, solidified the friendship by well, doing it either that reminds me of something that I very much need to work on apparently that I didn't realize I was doing uh, my wife has tuned in enough to me that if we're sitting mm-hmm. in the movie theater well I won't I don't have to say anything she can tell just sitting next to me if I'm if not like liking not. the movie mm-hmm. so I was I'm in the small minority of people who didn't think Black Panther was that great mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately um, I saw Black Panther and, yeah hey. I was, hey I saw it, <laughs> and? it was, I thought it was good yeah it's good yeah. it was like a good it was a good action horror I mean not a good action you know superhero film yeah, yeah. It was I a wish little it had better done more, than, the, than the Avengers I yeah. wish it had done more with the, the science fiction possibilities it seemed like it left a lot of uh, 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 potential on the table did with, you prefer Wonder uh, Woman or are you oh yeah oh yeah oh really okay. loved Wonder Woman oh okay um, but my wife really liked Black Panther but like on the way out of theater, I was like, what'd you think? She was like, well, I can tell you didn't like it. <laughs> Which apparently all I did was just like... Sigh. At one point, go like... <sighs> I think it was when... Uh, I guess everyone's seen Black Panther. When Black Panther and Killmonger are fighting the as they're falling down to the maglev thing. Yes. And it's just... It's just yes. like it's CGI just way, it's way less, yeah. Yeah. and it looks so fake, and it looks yeah. like the end of every Marvel movie or every yeah. superhero movie. And I was just yeah. like, yeah. <sighs> yeah. I don't even think I did it that loud. That would have been. I think she could just hear me go like, <laughs> and she knew I wasn't liking the movie. Oh man! Uh, so I got to say, I I feel bad about that. But I feel like because I feel like I'm ruining her right uh, experience. Maybe I'm also giving myself a little too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. The. Uh, Oh, hang on. Now, you, you look like you're working on something there. Well, I, I, there's no one person who's ever going to agree with us 100%. Uh-huh. So I think the thing to strive for is really acknowledging where you meet and where you don't meet. Right. Yeah. And, and not, like, shy away from either of those, yeah. either half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And chances are, like, if... Because there are some critics that I that I will agree with 80% of the time, you mm-hmm. know, which is... Which is vast majority yeah. of the time. and in those tw- in that 20% mm. that's probably where like our life experiences have diverged mm-hmm. like significantly mm-hmm. or or there is like an external belief system whether mm-hmm. it be political mm-hmm. religious or whatever it is mm-hmm. uh, where that just can really start to fill in mm-hmm. like I have a deeper appreciation for this film because mm-hmm. it, it touches on something that I have specifically experienced mm-hmm. and somebody else might not have. And so, uh, but you do bring something up. Listeners, here's what I want to know. Have you ever, with David or myself, do you ever find yourself agreeing 100% with what we say? Uh, as far as movies. Um, uh-huh. Do you find yourself like in lockstep with, with oh, wow. one or both? Yeah, comment on the website. Wow. We gotta do, gotta do more. This I is know. Good. Listener yeah. engagement. Comment nice. on the website. Listener engagement. Yeah. <laughs> Listener engagement and podcast guests. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. As it turns out, yes. those are the things we're like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the things that make you successful. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, I mean, 
we've we've done this for over a decade just because we like talking about movies for a few <laughs> that's, hours. That's uh, so cool. Week. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Stumbled so our good. asses into a couple of good sponsors and yeah. that's kind of it. Yeah, and some press access. All right, next, next level, guys. It's time yeah. to go to the next level. Next. Yeah, I guess so. I'm applying to teach community colleges. I do think that is probably the next level as far as podcasting. So teaching, yeah, Uh, teaching at a community college, please. Okay. So, Um, well, this has been great. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The longest game is on. uh, When people find it. In September? In uh, September, yeah. Late September. September, I think it's September 28th, I believe, um, on VOD. And you can also find it on PBS, on the PBS app, The Longest Game. Very exciting. Well, thank you for coming and talking about your movie and just yeah. other movies other, just random stuff yeah this is a blast so gotta, fun. we should make this a, an annual tradition oh my god I'm, I'm, I'm in and All I'm right. gonna bring my filmmaker friends yeah, yeah. bring the bring the Izzy guy <laughs> okay I'll, I will uh, <laughs> I feel like I might need to duck out because I, I don't watch I don't have like you, watching, have you seen it but no I haven't but I just mean I don't it's good it's cute I don't like watching other people conflict either because I did want like I was saying the reason that Camille, we ended up getting you on the show is because you emailed mm. me. I did once get an email from a, uh, a filmmaker who, uh, about a negative mm. review, and we kind of talked a little bit, and then I was like, hey, do you want to come on the podcast? And that's where the email <laughs> came <laughs> I never, <laughs> never so heard funny. back from him <laughs> about that. It's a fine uh, line. Yeah. These, sometimes I do get reviews that I'm just like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Like, they yeah. just seem actually malicious. And... And, and listeners, most of, of the reviews of both of my films have been very positive. And occasionally there are people who like really don't like like the movie, and um, especially the thriller, less so the documentary. It's, mm-hmm. But um, I just, sometimes it's like, why? What's the point of writing something that, that mm-hmm. malicious? And then making sure to connect it to Rotten Tomatoes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, you know, it just feels a bit... Yeah kind of almost like a little creepy many years ago uh, there's a, a, a horror film an independent horror film called entrance that david and i both adore mm, sounds we, good we entrance the, we know it's i can't recommend it wow oh my yeah. god oh, i want to see it it was it had like a six thousand dollar budget and ifc midnight put it out but um we had the the yes. directors on the on the podcast we had the lead actress on the podcast and it's just a film that i really love uh, but and, it, and it's a it's a horror movie, but it's not a fairly it's not for everybody. One. Yeah, and so I don't. I, I'm fine with people not liking it, but there are there were a couple of reviews in which certain people uh, so aggressively disliked it mm. that they started commenting on things that aren't the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. On like so the 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 lead actress, her name is Susie Block, and she spells her name unusually S U Z I E Y. Yeah. Okay. And, like, and what so, the like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Basically, like, he 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 zeroed in on that. And it's like, how's this how's this helpful? Yeah. You know. Yeah. That yeah. yes, this critic has been on the podcast, yeah. but I was gone. Yeah. This is that, on that someone episode. who's been on the podcast. This is also someone you can probably uh, <laughs> you <laughs> can goal? probably diss with impunity because this person uh, has yeah lost people could uh, people could probably figure out who we're talking about by now Hmm. um we'll talk about it off yeah okay Uh, but yeah okay but not and that's the thing is yes i knew the actress (laughs) by then and i knew the and i knew the directors uh but i think even if i didn't even if i just liked the movie or maybe even if i hadn't seen the movie Mm. looking at that level of snark and again to Mm. use the word dismissal Mm mm-hmm 
Yeah, dismissal. How is that helpful at all? Yeah. I think there can be an element of like, fuck you. I mean, David Denby. I remember reading two of David Denby. David Denby is my least favorite reviewer. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and say it uh, of all time. And um, I remember reading his review of In the Cut, the Jane Campion movie, which is one of of my favorite um, horror thrillers. And also his review of Demon Lover by Olivier Assayas. One of my favorite films of all time. We all agree. I haven't, you seen, haven't seen it. Okay. Oh, you haven't. Well, but Demon Lover is literally like probably top three for me. It's just it's so brilliant. And David Denby was like, basically, this is the stupidest, most ridiculous movie. And within the cut, he was like, he said something like, "It's hard to understand how a movie can be this bad." And it was just like, what? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, Rex Reed at this point is that with everything. Like the way that he, like he's he's gone beyond caddy. Which he always was, and now he is like full on. Really, dismissed. I thought he likes everything. I thought well, that's may, Peter Travers. That Peter likes Travers everything. Likes everything. everything. Yeah, but yeah, Rex Reed is like it's, and he gets so many. Like I was reading his review of Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, which is not mm. that good of a movie, mm. and I don't feel like <laughs> protective of it. Mm. But he got basic facts wrong. Like that's easy just, that's facts. just shitty. Yeah. Um, we we had one of the uh, one of our biggest review reviews from one of the, like one of bases called never here quote unquote bananas. So that this movie is bananas. This is, this is more an art installation than a movie. It's actually just, it was at the New York Times. It was it was mm-hmm. we only got one two bad reviews actually one from this like little guy out of Dallas. That's the, that's what I was thinking of when I was like fuck you man. He was like I'm gonna I'm gonna put and make sure and attach this review to Rotten Tomatoes and bring your score down from ninety to eighty eight. Like fuck you. But the other like really bad review we got was from the New York Times and the review was from one of their reviewers who I'd never heard of, and she literally said. Um, it's this movie is more art installation than movie exclamation point like like if only we cared it's it's bananas like that was that's in the New York Times <laughs> that was the New York Times review I mean there was a uh, there was a little more uh, and there yeah. was that she wow. used but it was it was a very not an intelligent review at all and you know what's interesting um, is that like if I like, if so, if I read a review that said <laughs> now admittedly putting aside the concept of bananas yeah. uh <laughs> this is more art installation it's than like movie. oh this like, could be interesting, interesting. Right. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like yeah. A, yeah she uh, was like what is this sounds like praise there's a speaking of in the cut there's a critic that I won't name because I have friends in common and I know that he's generally well thought of in our in the critic community and also I also Ooh, understand that in that in the cut <laughs> was 15 15 years ago yeah, yeah at least and yeah. people grow maybe he's more yeah. woke now but I've never liked him from the moment I read his in the cut review because he started the review basically from the point of view of who wants to see Meg Ryan naked now? Ugh. Right. Really? Yeah. And she was like so beautiful. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of levels of that's not correct. But that was like the first time she'd ever, I remember that being a big thing at the time that she's new. Oh man, that's, that's, that's disgusting. And so, yeah, so this, there's this guy that is, yeah, I have friends who are friends with him. Uh, and I'm, I'd like to think he's, you know, I'm a different person than I was 15 years ago, but uh, it's and we're, always we're stuck living in, in a different world. Yeah, that's one thing. Since the last time I was here, mm-hmm. we are in a and the Harvey news had just broken. We oh, are my. living in a different world where yeah. that kind of stuff just can't be said anymore with impunity. Yeah, you just you just know it's you. You look like an asshole when you say things like that now, yeah. as opposed to oh, that's just the way life is, uh-huh. and that's changed in the one year or the yeah. eight months. Yeah. 
since yeah. I've been here last because I remember talking about Harvey with you guys. Yeah. Meanwhile, there. I mean, there there have been critics. Like historically, there have been critics that are cattier. Um, I mean, Pauline Kael could be yeah very much what we are talking yeah. about here. Yeah. And then there was a guy. Oh, for the life of me, I can't remember. But he was talking about the movie, I believe, Yentl, and just talked about Barbara Streisand's nose. And you know what? Here's the thing. <laughs> it, it was very well written. Like, it was very, yeah. it was... Yeah, it, Anthony Lane so, is, does that If it weren't written, so terrible, yeah. Yeah. it would be very amusing. Um, right. But yeah, there's, there's definitely, there is a, and you know what, I think that guy started as a theater critic where you get a little bit more of that, certainly back mm. then. Um, and so, yeah, I do think that like, maybe David, you and I should be more like that. Yeah, but that reminds me of, I want to say, like 98% sure it's Mick LaSalle who like, people put together clips from his views. He's like weirdly preoccupied with Kira Knightley's jaw, but not like, he's not mean about it. It's just like, he finds a way to mention her jaw in like every review of a movie. It, uh, is, it is an interesting jaw. She does have a bit of an underbite. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, that I could see being distracting. An underbite. Really? I just think her jaw is so pronounced. But like, if you, if you look at the way her, Look, this isn't. A th- I'm not Mick LaSalle. I don't. I know what you're talking about. But like, her yeah, teeth do just, hit in a yes, very that, that was way a good visual. A what you just yeah. so just did. And in um, what was the 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 Freud uh, movie? Um, that one, anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah uh, the Cronenberg movie. Yeah, a dangerous method. Yes. Yeah, when method. she's like contorting her face, that's yeah. uh, definitely pronounced there. Yeah. Uh, it's a great performance. She does this actually. Does it, yeah, I feel yeah. like I look like her. <laughs> <laughs> you got it done. Do the listeners have no idea, but yeah, you got it done. I wish this were a video podcast. Um, oh man, this has been so much fun. All this yeah. time, so much fun, awesome. talk, like yeah. uh, talking shit about, about other critics. <laughs> um, okay, so and where do people find? Uh, well, here, okay. Here's what we'll do. Battleshipretention.com. You can find all sorts of stuff there, including my review of Never Here mm-hmm. and my review of Izzy Gets the Fucking Cross Town. <laughs> um, uh, you can email us at david at battleshipretension.com or tyler at battleshipretension.com. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at davypretension. Tyler's at tylerpretension. Tyler has another podcast. It's called More Than One Lesson. Yes. Anything? And yes. Okay. Uh, so uh, after several weeks of posting nothing, uh-huh. I've recorded like five things. Okay. And so they will be spaced out. But here's what's very exciting. This week, uh, I had actor Paul Walter Hauser on the show, which listeners might know from the film I, Tanya. He played Sean uh, Eckhart. Mm. And it's a very great, it's a great performance. And uh, Paul is a delightful guy. And so uh, it was, it was a lot of fun to, to talk with him. So you can find that at morethanonelesson.com. Uh, okay. So we've said people can find... Longest game VOD in September. Mm-hmm. It's on PBS now. Can people find Never Here? Uh, it's on Stars at the moment. So if you have Stars, you can watch it for free. Uh, you can rent it via Amazon iTunes. Um, yeah, too and bad. it's releasing in the UK in September. Okay, I would say rent it because I'm guessing the Stars is cropped to one seven eight. Is that right? You know, that's a good question. Okay. Possible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Possible it is. Uh, well, and then where can people find, if they wanted to find you on the internet, Twitter, or anything um, like that? Uh, Camille Toman, Instagram. Okay. Uh, yeah, Camille Toman, Facebook. <laughs> Camille Toman, uh, pretty much everything. All right. Well, thanks again for coming and talking. It's a pleasure. This is a blast. Like I said, we'll do it again in a year. Thank you awesome. for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. Good night.
This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.